Hello and welcome to Reach Out with Reach Council. Our October episode is hosted by REACH's coalition team. Uh, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Jennifer Hagland. Hi, my name is Nikki Bowman. Hi, my name is Ashley Vasquez. Hey everyone, this is Emily Steffelby. Hi, and I'm Erica Viers. And today we bring you the topic of fentanyl and uh, the newest way we're seeing it, which is called rainbow fentanyl. Um, but first, Halloween is coming up. And um, what I'm really excited for the Skittles that the trick-or-treaters don't take out of my candy dish. I don't know what y'all are excited about, but that's really what I'm looking forward to on the day after Halloween is getting into those Skittles. <laughs> I like the Reese's peanut butter cups when my kids go to bed. That's usually what I tend to get. <laughs> do you take from what you gave out to trick-or-treaters or do you actually go into their bags and get their Reese's? So the kids' bags, we don't, we don't oh. ever typically hand out candy because we've always lived in the country. Got you. So nobody comes to our house. So mm. that's your opportunity to get your, your Reese's. Nice. I'm kind of looking forward to this year because we just moved to the country and we would get, Erica, you've been out there like over a thousand trick-or-treaters at our house, if not more at our old house. Um, so the kids are making us go back to the neighborhood and we're going to hang out with the neighbors. But for once, I won't be in charge of handing out candy. So I'm kind of excited about that. The past few years, I've been handing out candy with my mother-in-law, but she kind of tricked me into, I end up being the front, like, she said, okay, Ashley, you got it, and she goes and sits down, but I'm, like, tempted as I'm waiting for the kids to come, because we kind of just hang out outside, I'm, like, snacking on the candy as they're coming, like, in between kids. <laughs> one for you, one for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I totally do the same. I've been the candy passer outer at my sister's house while they all go trick-or-treating because all my nieces and nephews are small. Um, so yeah, I snack in between. And then at first, like last year, I would only give them a small handful because I didn't know how many they were going to get. And then realizing that they didn't have a lot in the neighborhood, I just started pouring the candy in their bags. <laughs> We literally will have lines down my driveway. Like we don't even, we don't even get a break. Like it is crazy. And you have to just do one piece or we run out of candy every year. I, so. I always like when I started, I would be handing every kid like a handful. Cause I'm like, oh, you're cute here. Yeah. Like, I take so much. And they're like, we're about to run out. Can you hand out a little less? And I'm like, hey, oh, I've got a question. What do y'all do when adults come to your door? I'm one of those adults, so give it to me. I mean, I don't, I'm not talking about like high schoolers because I think yeah. it's wonderful that high schoolers are doing something that's like, you know, fun and they're not getting into trouble. But what about like a 25 or a 35 year old? I haven't felt that's happen, weird, but I, so I weird. don't see myself being like, okay, you're too old for this. I, I would probably give them one piece. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Nikki, very awkward. What? <laughs> What'd you say, Jen? What do you do? Give them a weird look and give them their piece of candy, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super hard not to give the weird look because you're just like, what in the heck is going on? But yeah, they get the, the gross candy, the Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, 
Mm, that's right, what I need. Well, now I don't do it anymore, but that's what I should have done is had like a weird, a weird bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm just from this bowl. <laughs> here's, your, here's your canned food item. Yeah, here's your six <laughs> That's funny. Erica, do you leave the Tootsie Rolls in, in your kids' bags? Is that like your least favorite? You mentioned Tootsie yeah, Rolls. Yeah, at my house, nobody likes Tootsie Rolls, so they usually end up in the garbage. Nice. Right. I, like I don't the Tootsie Pops. I always mm. search for those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. I guess we'll just move on. Um, <laughs> um, transition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Obvious transition. Um, so, Halloween candy. I feel like in the U.S. for... 364 days a year, we tell kids not to take candy from strangers. Mm -hmm. And then one day a year, we send our kids out to take all the candy from the strangers around (laughs) us, which is crazy. And I think that is why maybe there's a lot of these like urban legendy vibes around Halloween and strangers like using drugs and other toxins to cause harm to trigger treaters. Like, okay, so I call it an urban legend, but that's not to say that we shouldn't check our kids' Halloween candy. Like, we definitely should, right? You never know what's going to happen. You really just never know. But I saw a headline in the news the other day, or just like recently, that said um, that authorities warn, it's, well, sorry, it said, authorities warn parents about rainbow fentanyl ahead of Halloween, And for some reason that that headline just like made my prevention brain just like a little frustrated because I feel like based on what we know about fentanyl and just really drugs in general, trick-or-treating is not really where the risk is at. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to talking about where the risk is at with fentanyl, but before we- can I say something real fast just because you were talking about the fentanyl? Yeah. Did y'all see that the LA um, X airport or Los Angeles International Airport, they seized 12,000 fentanyl pills in um, the Skittles wrappers um, four days ago? I just saw that today, but I pulled it up. Is that not crazy? 12,000. Trying to get them through and they thought yes. maybe colors. They, and they had them all in the candy and the, the wrappers and stuff. Okay. That, oh, okay. That's crazy. Do you think they would have ended up in kids trick or treat? I don't think so. I, to yeah. me, I'm thinking that that is for their way to get it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more okay. of a guide to get it in. There are, I, so when I was doing like a deep dive into is this, I'll just get off on this tangent really quick. Is this like actually a thing? Um, Like drugs and Halloween candy and stuff? Or is it kind of like not such a thing? There was a time, there was one time when like those wrapped up like hidden um, situation or whatever, like actually did make it into kids <laughs> Halloween baskets. But it was like somebody was trying to like get marijuana through the mail and they hid it in those fun size Snickers. <laughs> but but that actually- I mean, I think it's always been a thing for parents yeah. to check. I remember, you know, I'm older. So in the 80s, we would go trick or treating. And I remember how cute my dad would be on the ground. He would have all of our candy laid out. And he was looking to see if anything was tampered with. So, I mean, I think it's always been on a parent's mind. That's just instinct for us to make sure that our kids are safe. But mm-hmm. 
I can't remember what even spurred that for him to do that. I would have to ask him, but I, I don't know. Remember, I mean, I don't think there was a fentanyl craze in the eighties, you know? No, but it was, it was other stuff. So yep. by accident, um, a person like an actual postal worker, like got a hold of this bag of Snickers from like the lost and found kind of like, couldn't get the package. Oh, no. And so he was like, oh, Halloween's coming up. Let me just take these Snickers and hand that out. This was like in the 70s, I think. Did I say that? But um, <laughs> that by complete accident, complete accident, this these Snickers bars, quote unquote, ended up being given out for trick-or-treating. And that's that's kind of added to this like idea that strangers are giving out drugs over the years, though it was, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's interesting that they ended up in the Skittles wrappers. Yeah, I was I saw that yesterday and I was like, that's interesting. So we're going to be yeah. talking about this. Yeah, but I yeah. And I guess by accident, they could end up <laughs> being handed out, but it would be like so it week. was Skittles. It was Whoppers yeah. and it was Sweet Tarts. Oh, no. So by a weird like series of events, I guess you never know. But um, yeah um so what Ashley what is like fentanyl and kind of what is rainbow fentanyl I feel like we sort of touched on what rainbow fentanyl is and its colors through the skittles thing Mm -hmm. but um, you want to just kind of give that explanation yeah so originally fentanyl pharmaceutical fentanyl was just a synthetic opioid that was used to treat for severe pain Typically, it was like advanced cancer pain, and um, it's actually 50 times stronger than heroin, 100 times more potent than morphine. So it's just a really strong pain relief. Um, That was its original intentions. However, most recently, most recent cases of fentanyl-related harm, overdose, and death in the United States have been linked to illegally made fentanyl, where it's sold through illegal drug markets um, through like heroin and cocaine. um, And it's typically used without the user's knowledge to kind of bring about that high or euphoria. Um, So when I was doing some research over it, I found that like particularly to teenagers, a, a CDC study showed that The overdose deaths due to fentanyl have actually tripled in teenagers over the past two years. Um, And then like before the past couple of years, it was typically packaged as a powder and sold as counterfeit heroin. So people thought that they were purchasing heroin and then it turned out to be um, fentanyl. But then more recently, and this is where it's kind of connecting to the teenagers more, is that it's been pressed and made to look like prescription drugs. So they're thinking that they're taking a Xanax or Adderall or um, Percocet. And so illicit fentanyl has just become more prevalent among teenagers. And and then I I noticed just like looking at the US as a whole, it's most common in the West, like particularly California, obviously it's an issue everywhere, but I just, I did think that it was interesting that they're finding the most issues in this in California. So I wonder why that is. What, why California? Mm-hmm. Um, lots of ports, maybe. Yeah. Postal. Hmm. Yeah. 
That's a good question. We could look into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I just yeah, wondering. I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, why California? Yeah. Hmm. But well, listeners, maybe y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so where? I guess, where are youth? So it gets into the United States, you said through California. We know Texas. I mean, just by watching the news, it, Texas, like by land, especially is a, is a way to smuggle. Um, we had someone on our radio show the other day that did say that, you know, fentanyl started that most of the overdoses and stuff was started in the East Coast. That's where they were seeing it, like more than New York area. But the past, you know, like Ashley was saying, two years, it has just kind of just crossed the nation. So it's uh-huh. just interesting to me that it was kind of started over in New York and now it's made itself to the West Coast and that's where it's higher. It's uh-huh. interesting. And then, of course, now it's no longer a coastal problem. Yeah, right? no, it's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. And, um, did you, sorry, did you talk about like the rainbow? Like exactly the importance of rainbow fentanyl. Okay. <laughs> no. I did wanna <clears throat> I did wanna add that because I was reading more about the rainbow fentanyl. And um you know Ashley was saying that the kids think they're taking a Xanax or a person pers- oh my gosh. Persica. Persica. How do you say it? Percocet. Percocet. <laughs> or like any of those the articles that I were reading said that they were the rainbow fentanyl was supposed to mimic those uh-huh. because they started, I guess, changing the colors for the like Xanax, medical Xanax or Percocet or the others. Adderall was another one. Oh, so like pharmaceutically, they've started changing those colors and therefore for fentanyl they've also now like when fentanyl is in those pills they will also change the colors to mimic that is that what you're yeah that's what the articles were saying they were trying to make it look like the real thing because they started changing the colors of the actual medicines there was a study that i found that since august so literally just two months ago the dea and law enforcement has seized brightly colored fentanyl and fentanyl pills in 26 states. I don't know which states those were, but that's when they called them rainbow fentanyl because it appeared to be like a new method of it being distributed and just its appearance. And yeah, it was just brightly colored fentanyl pills. And uh-huh. yeah. So where, I guess, where are youth most likely to cross? these or just any version of fentanyl like if yeah we know we've already talked about the risks of you know just like accidents (laughs) and packaging Mm -hmm. and things like that but yeah like where I mean day to day 365 days a year like we know that there are risks and where where are those so I think most parents we think of um the stereotypical drug dealer in a dark alley. And that's, you know, unfortunately really not where our youth are finding these drugs. Um, we, we warn our kids not to talk to strangers and stranger danger and that works. But the problem is most of our youth are finding and um, experimenting with drugs, you know, the first time with either 
siblings or um, friends at school because of peer pressure. A lot of times it's from um, family, like um, younger, maybe uncle, aunt, or even cousins. So I think that families, um, parents need to um, have those conversations with their kids that it's not as much the stranger danger because I think our youth are smart and we know, um, I think we kind of put that into our kids' um, heads, but they don't know that um, it, it's going to come from somebody that they do actually trust or, you know, that they feel pressure that they need to experiment. And then I think that's kind of where our kids first maybe experiment, but then it. Um, you know, addiction does take place, especially the younger that kids experiment, there's more likely a chance that they become addicted. And then they can really find it anywhere. It is so dangerous because they can go on the internet, Snapchat, the social media forums. Um, there's, I've heard that there's kids that are getting paid like a side gig to post for these drug dealers on these apps. Um, so it's almost, you know, making it easier for the the youth to find it and for the drug dealers because they're not having to be on the streets. They can just do it from anywhere. And it's that peer messaging. It almost sounds like, like it's like somebody yeah. that, that looks friendly, <laughs> you know, right. and it's just, it's your age. And, and I mean, and they're literally getting to make the commercials to target youth from other, you know, kids that they, well, they think that it's cool because of them. It's, I don't know. It's not coming from an adult's mouth this way. It's coming from other youth or young adults' mouths. And it, it's just so, you know, kids are curious and they word of mouth travels so fast and then they find out where to go. And it, it's just, it's very scary. Mm -hmm. So kids are either, it's becoming like normalized or they're finding it in, in their own homes or they're, they're getting it from their friends or yep. acquaintances whether it's parties or just like small group hangouts or whatever, I guess, right? At school. Yeah. And the thing is, our youth, they know about technology more than adults do. I mean, they do. It's changing every day. And these kids, they are adapting with that change. So they're really finding out the fastest way. Um, and, you know, they like, I guess whenever we were kids, we never felt like we were left out of the loop and it was all word of mouth. There was no phones you know, mm -hmm. like that there is now. So now these kids are able to not only have their word of mouth and spread things just as fast, but do it even faster. With social media and yep. all that. Okay. So how, how can parents like uh, learn more about fentanyl and sort of this whole issue mm -hmm. and how can they like dress it, address it with their kids and kind of prepare them? Um, what are some resources out there that, that can kind of give parents the skills to, to deal with something that's, that's new and that their parents probably didn't have to deal with when they were little or younger. Makes sense. Well, um, I just did a simple Google search of resources for parents about fentanyl and like a million pages popped up. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's the information there. Uh, and there are some specific ones that I thought were really good. Um, one in particular was with the University of Washington and uh, the, it's a long name, Addictions, Drug and Alcohol Institute put together just like a super simple flyer of how to talk to your kids about fentanyl. Um, but all the other websites plus this one is basically start off the conversation talking to your kids about uh, it says pain, stress, and medications. 
So kind of taking a, a dive at the mental health aspect of it, of oh. where your kids are at, um, how they're doing in school, things like that. And then if they don't already know, explain what fentanyl is and don't sugarcoat it, which is what all the websites are saying. Just be real with your kids. Tell them what it is. How is it dangerous? How could it affect them? How it affects their families? Um, and then safe ways if they happen to see someone else that overdosed, like recognizing those signs. And it talks about um, Narcan, which I know we're going to talk about. Um, but there's some specifically that, because I think almost every county has a resource page on their county website. But I really liked the one from Austin, Hayes <laughs> County, because it's super detailed. Um, it goes into what fentanyl is. It goes into the one pill can kill, um, what is it called? Uh, prevention campaign. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And it gives you fact sheets you can download, a simple what everybody needs to know about it. It gives you an actual, like, um, when kids are texting, the drug emojis decoded. Like, it gives you a whole thing. Um, it's like a full-on page, but some of them surprised me because there's, like, Christmas trees and snowmen, and I'm like, what the heck? I would have just thought they were talking about Christmas. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh. They have a whole, uh, actually, I think it's three or four pages of just social media apps that teens are using, but also drug drug sellers are using uh, for parents to be aware of. And it talks about rainbow fentanyl, of course. It shows you what a real and a fake uh, prescription pill looks like, the street mm -hmm. names for fentanyl, and just a bunch of information which kind of blew my mind. I was like, this was a really thorough page. Um, but the DEA has information. I noticed that schools are also starting to put up resources for parents on their websites. So Texas, there was one for Oregon. There was some for um, Colorado and just a whole bunch of other states. And of course, our own website, uh, reachcouncil.org has it too. Um, but yeah, there's information everywhere. And I guess the main point was just being real with your kids and actually talking about it and not being scared to talk about it. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Narcan. Um, and I know, I mean, five, six years ago, Narcan was like barely, you know, known about like from your, the average person, you know, that wasn't like EMS or like had a medical career of some sort. Um, but now the surgeon general is recommending that everyone has Narcan, um, as part of their, what it like first aid kit, right. Or their like emergency kit, like you would have band-aids and burn cream. And then you could have like, for those like things that, you know, hopefully never happen. Um, would be like Narcan, be like Narcan, or stuff like. That. Um, but I don't know, Erica. You you mentioned you did a bit of research on Narcan. Do you want to kind of go into that and yes. kind of talk? And I agree. I I think that 
the chances of you coming across somebody that has an overdose as opposed to someone that goes down in a way of um, needing a defibrillator is almost more. Um, you're much more likely to come across somebody with an overdose. Um, so I think it should be readily available. I think that would be a great thing, especially for anybody that's around youth. Um, it seems to be the younger population that's using fentanyl or unknowingly using fentanyl and having that overdose. Um, and it's very easy to use. I know that before, you know, people were very intimidated, but there are things like um, the Good Samaritan law that keep others from getting in trouble for, you know, doing more harm than good. And, uh, you know, people have been concerned about that. And two to three minutes usually is all it takes for that Narcan to become effective. And for those that don't know, naloxone would be the generic brand thing of or the generic name for Narcan. Um, but it's also important to still get that emergency help. I know, you know, maybe the kids don't want to get in trouble, um, but this is something that they really, really need to still take in and <clears throat> get emergency help. Call someone, have somebody on the way. Uh, but Narcan can be used to reverse the effects of the opioids by blocking those um, receptors. So it's only a temporary fix. It is not you know, meant to reverse and to, you know, just keep going or, or however. So it is important to get that emergency help because they can go ahead and relapse. Uh -huh. You know, it, it can be a short term, you know, it, have them come around and start breathing again for 12 minutes. Hey, maybe Erica, 20. what is it? Is it like a, um, like a drop, a nasal spray? What is, well, what is actually now they are making it in a nasal spray. So it's super easy for anyone to administer, you know, just by putting in the nostril, squirting each side into the nostril, very simple. And there are no ill effects if they misdiagnosed. I mean, if you see someone go down and they're young um, and they're not breathing, that's one of the things that it would likely be. And even if it wasn't um, an opioid overdose, then they're not doing any harm by going ahead and administering that Narcan. Um, but it's always good to put them on their side, you know, just to make sure if they were to vomit that they don't aspirate uh, and cause pneumonia, you know, taking that into their lung. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Um, any, any other anything else that we need to say I guess about Narcan or what it is or um I would just really like to see our kids be able to have access to that you know like you said maybe keep some in you know more accessible situations like parties I mean we we hope that our kids aren't using we hope that their friends don't use but you know like you've said only what it only takes one pill so if they unknowingly ingest an Adderall and it has, you know, fentanyl in it and they OD, gosh, I would really hope that somebody had Narcan to give them the best opportunity to recover. Mm -hmm. And then um, just in case anybody, you know, is interested in getting Narcan for their home or like um, kind of physical materials like pamphlets or any other information or just needs a referral, like 
you know, is kind of concerned about their kid and wants to know like next steps and everything, um, please reach out to us. We have Narcan, we have, you know, parent handbooks that go into a lot of these issues. Um, and then we can get you connected with, you know, some help like in the community um, for your child or anyone that you may be concerned about. And all you have to do is email info info at reachcouncil.org and we will get you connected with the right person um, if you reach out to that email. And um, is there any last last words about um, fentanyl, Halloween, anything anybody wants to say? Are we good to, to end it? I think we've, yeah, Nikki. I think we're good. I just want to remind families to have these conversations with their kids. Um, it's better to talk about these hard things than the kids find out from somewhere else. And uh, I think the best way to start talking to kids about drugs in general is just to start with prevention and talk about brain development and how important it is that kids don't take anything that can affect that because they want to be smarter. And that's kind of, I mean, it's not a scare tactic. It's the truth. But it does work to teach the child, the our youth to stay away from drugs. Just wanted to add that with the parent mm-hmm. in me. <laughs> and okay, I guess I can also end without saying if you're interested in this issue and others affecting our youth and community, um, you can also join our coalition and reach across Johnson mm-hmm. County. And um, our meetings happen just about every month, and you can all reach out to that. Um, email that we gave you if you are also interested in becoming more a part of the solution in our community and um, the change that we need um, to make. But yeah, have a great day, everybody. Happy, have a happy and safe Halloween and a beautiful rest of your October. Bye. Bye. Bye.